Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 84, where we're discussing Jughead from season 5 of Lost. Back up. What? Get back, get back. It's unsafe, we need to move. I swear, if you try anything. If I try anything, what? You're gonna, you're gonna shoot me, is that right? Yeah, that would be perfect because of course, rifle fire right next to, what would you call this? Hydrogen bomb. Yes, fantastic idea, really inspiring. Okay, listen to me. Do you people have any access to lead or concrete? For what? There's a crack in the casing. It needs to be filled with lead. You need to take it off this platform carefully and bury it. You brought me all the way out here to tell us that we have to bury it? I told Albert you could disarm that thing. You don't need to worry. You do what I say, you bury it, it won't go off. How'd you know that? I need you to trust me. I don't trust you. Just bury it. Bury it and everything will be fine. Remember, you're superior. How can you be so sure? You want to take care of this bomb? You bury it. How'd you know that? Because 50 years from now, this island is still here. There you... What did you just say? Whoa. Take it easy. I can explain myself a little better. I know how this sounds. Believe me, it's, it's hard to explain. 50 years from now, me and my... Me and my friends, that's where we're from, okay? And here's the key. Everything's fine. I'm not saying it's perfectly fine, but there hasn't been any atomic blast, all right? Drop your gun, Blondie. It's okay. She's okay. You can put your gun down. She puts hers down first. Why don't we all put our guns down? I said drop it! Are they from the future, too? You told her. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing Jughead uh, from season five of Lost, um, an episode that a lot of people consider to be their favorite. Um, We'll start off and find out what you thought of the episode overall. I definitely liked it a lot. I'm not sure that I would say it was my favorite, but uh, no reason for it not to be. Just uh, some of the other ones um, I think that I'm a little more attached to or just a little more, I guess, emotional. Um, You mean in uh, season five or overall? I I think in overall. Oh, yeah. No, I'm thinking of season five. Oh, season five. Yeah, (laughs) I'd say, say, yeah, it's got to be up there. I mean, um, they've all been pretty good so far. so uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely a different feel for me, but I'm I'm definitely liking it. So I do like cool. it a lot. It was good. Cool, cool. Yeah, I like this episode because you can feel them starting to give some answers, mm-hmm. and uh, they're starting to give you a lot of background information and kind of fill in some gaps from previous seasons. I think definitely. 
So let's jump into it. Um, my first section is Desmond and Penny. Um, he's at a village somewhere looking for a doctor, you know, for Penny, we find out, who's about to have a baby. Um, she has the baby, and we flash forward to Desmond and the young boy sitting on the deck of the boat. They're near Great, Bit, uh, Great Britain, and Desmond says, you know, wait a minute, and Desmond is confident that they'll be in and out without Widmore knowing they're there, but Penny says not to underestimate him. And right. Desmond says they're they're there because of Dan contacting him in the past and telling him to help the people on the island. And uh, Penny makes him promise that he's never going back to the island no matter what. And he says, why on earth would I ever want to go back there? Mm-hmm. And I like that inter- that whole opening scene because, I mean, when he's sitting there talking to the you know his baby about the island, um, I thought for sure he was like off the shore of the island looking at it. Right. And like he like he was back there again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely made it it seem that way. Um, one thing I found interesting is uh, that okay, Desmond has this this you know re, I guess he is he remembers uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in a dream or whatever that he had um, talked to Dan before. But whenever he wakes up, uh, Penny says, "Desmond, that was three years ago." Right. You know, but. He just remembered it at that moment when Dan was saying it. So right. that that whole timeline with me is kind of fuzzy, you know. Um, right. Yeah. You know, like if Dan just said it, and he's three years later, though, are they? You know, how does that work? You know. Well, well, of course, you know, Dan's back in the past. Sure. Um, yeah. So basically, Dan is three years ago telling Desmond that. Um. Now, are you saying there's been three years since Desmond woke up and remembered that? No, and no. Oh, okay. It, it, whenever he wakes up and says, you know, you know, I that he was on the island and this that, and the right. other, mm-hmm. he, she she makes the comment that was three years ago, but but literally Dan just had said it in, to him. Oh right, yeah. It's been three years since Desmond was on the island. Yeah, yeah, but that, uh, I think what that's I'm, what she was talking about. Oh, I know, I know, I know exactly what she's talking about. But w- what I'm not following is if remember we were talking about how we were wondering what was going on for the three years that they've been off the island, right? Okay, right. You know, like what back on the island, what had been happening. Well, if Dan just said this to him, then that right. three years in that time frame has already shifted. Well, yeah. You know? So it's almost like instead of being three years in the past. Uh, Dan was six years in the past or whatever. Yeah. So at even the, though the, he had just said it, he was so far back in the past that, you know, it was even before everybody crashed on the island. It was even before, you know, everything we've seen happen. Right. So it's just, it's that Dan is moving in time, but Desmond is fixed in yeah, time. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'm having a hard time communicating what I'm meaning here. Okay. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's, shot here. let's role play here real quick. Okay. Okay. Let's do you, it. You are Dan. Okay. Okay. Or, or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're, you're Desmond. All right. Okay. You're, you're asleep and you're three years. You've been off the island for three years. Okay. okay. And I say to you, go find my mother in Oxford. Everybody here on the island is in danger. Okay. Okay. You just heard it. Okay. Right. But that's three years in the, in after he's been you've been on the island, okay? Okay. Well, we were wondering how what was going on for those three years those people on the island were going through. Well, we just found out that that immediately just happened with Dan. Well, no, no, no. We're we're watching a flashback to what happened on the island after the people left. 
but it happened just now for Desmond. Mm, okay, let me. Man, you, you get okay. what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying. Three now, years after well, that, Dan just now did it, and he's just now getting it three years later. Got you. Okay, so let me piece it together. So. Now, we don't know for sure when exactly Desmond woke up. Well, yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay. So it's like today, Desmond wakes up from his dream and says, oh, crap, I have a, a new memory that I didn't mm-hmm. have before. Mm-hmm. But he got it like three years too late, kind of. Like he should have gotten it like the day at the day after they left the island or something. But it hadn't happened. Exactly. So it's like... um. Okay, I think I got it here. Faraday, you know, that didn't happen. Um, wow, <laughs> my brain just melted <laughs> as I, start, I started trying to, to think of how I, how to put this. I mean, I kind of get the whole, like, why why he's just now getting it and all that stuff. I kind of get all that. What, mm-hmm. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm failing to get is we've seen the on the island group flash about four times three or four times up to this point that's all we've seen that's happened to them since they've left well three years has passed in that amount of time yeah exactly outside the island well Well, no yeah no we've only seen let's say um if everybody off the island had only been been off the island three days, we've only seen one day's worth of what happened to the people on the island after they left. Not necessarily. So there's no, still more th- to be seen. Not well. Here's the thing, though. If he just we just saw Desmond get told that on the first day or whatever it was on the island, and Desmond's okay. getting it three years later, it had to. I mean, it, if it if it happened simultaneously. At the, at, the, at the same time there, mm-hmm. then three years had passed off the island. Okay, so there may be a time difference in terms of even though it's only been like a day or two for the people on the island, it's been three years for everybody off the exactly. island. Exactly. Okay, that would make a lot more sense than than the timelines being parallel. It had, it had yeah, they, they, there's there's something going on there and it probably has to go back to that whole shooting the thing over there and them getting it, you know, a lot later than it should have arrived, you know, the whole time travel thing. But when Desmond received the message, Mm -hmm. you know, he was receiving it three years later, but we've only seen literally like three or four flashes on the Island. Yeah. I think you're right. I think there's like a time differential on like anything that like is going from the Island to the outside world is like distorted drastically. It, I, I think mean, I, yeah, it may have took three years for Desmond to receive this message. Right. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so like, it still got me kind of confused on how this whole, you know, this whole like um, timeline is. I mean, how, I mean, or, you know, how, or obviously since they're flashing through time, how that's affecting present time or, mm-hmm. you know, affecting them in present time. You know, yeah. So, now, so I think that, he, that test that Daniel did on the island really should give us a clue to all of this. Because, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, he he expected it to get there, like, in 10 or 15 seconds, and it arrived a half hour later than that, correct? Wasn't that right? right? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, like, if it were a minute late, that would be six times longer. But the fact that it's, you know, 30 minutes late is, you know, what is 1,800 
time or 880, 1800. I'm not sure. I can't think right off the top of my head, but it's a lot more time. So a day may be equal to, you know, um, 180 days or whatever. And that would explain why the people off the island have experienced three years and the people on the island have only experienced, you know, a few days. Yeah, now that's what I'm getting at. That's gotcha. To me, I don't see that this island group is going to experience three years mm-hmm. without them. I might, I, they might experience a few days without them, you know. And like they may came back, come back and be like, you know, th- you know, Jack and them are three years, you know, older. But the guy, right. people, the people group on the island, maybe a week. Yeah. You know, that, that just, makes a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah. And it just gave me like some different perspective of the time difference in, in, in the, the time on the island versus the time, time on the outside world being mm-hmm. completely different, you know? Um, yeah. So anyways. Yeah. We'll have to, to look and see if we get any more information on that. That's, that's really cool though, because it would explain a lot and it would right. also make things make a lot more sense. Um, in terms of the storytelling, if if we've got to make up three years of time right. on the island, uh, that's a lot, you know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna oh, have yeah. to see a lot for that to to make sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually, I don't expect to see a whole lot other than like a few more flashes, and then right, whatever's gonna happen here, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's because right. it's like it it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for us to be seeing this group flashing through time for yeah, you know, right. three years. You know? Yeah, and I would love to get some other people's feedback on that too. I mean, I know that that there are some people a whole lot smarter than I am out there that that can figure this stuff out. And maybe there's something huge that we're overlooking, you know, based on Faraday's you know test, or you know, just can make better sense of this whole mm-hmm. three years forward versus three years back and all that stuff. Right. Because um, I would like to have a better handle on that, and it would help discussion. I think so much if we could just wrap our heads around it a little better. Yeah, definitely. And there's, and I think there's probably a couple people smarter than me out there. So um, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a decent chance that somebody in our listening audience is, you know, can at least, you know, help you understand it. I think, I don't know, but we'll still give it a try. <laughs> yeah. Right. Get yeah. any child on here and they'll have a better grasp than I do. <laughs> no, but, but please, yeah. Post your comments or email them to us or call them in, whatever. Um, that would be just awesome. Definitely. So a Desmond goes to Oxford for look to, to look for Daniel's mother, and the woman, you know, tells the woman that works there at Oxford tells him that there's no record of there even having been a Faraday there. Mm-hmm. Um, he walks by the room where he met Faraday in the past, and it's no longer being used at all. You know, all of the equipment is still there, but it's covered in sheets and hasn't been used in some time. But he does find a picture of you know Daniel and a woman together. And a guy shows up and confirms that Daniel was indeed there, like we didn't know it already. Right. And that others have shown up trying to find out more about his work. And Desmond is curious as to why the university doesn't acknowledge Faraday. And the man says you can blame or you can't blame them after what he did to that poor girl. Um, So we find out about this whole situation where Daniel did something to this woman. And um, that's pretty much why they've, won't acknowledge that he was there in the first place. Right. And so then Desmond goes to visit that girl and actually find out what the story is. And let's listen to that clip. Okay.
who might you be? Uh, my name is Desmond Hume. I'm looking for Teresa Spencer. I'm Abigail Spencer. Teresa's my sister. All right. Um, can I have a word with her? You want to speak to Teresa? Yeah, I got her name from a gentleman I met at Oxford University. Um, Daniel Faraday. Daniel Faraday? Well, why didn't you say so? Please. You must come in. Thanks. He didn't tell you, did he? No. No, he didn't. Can she hear us? No. Teresa's way right now. Away? What do you mean? Now, sometimes she wakes up, thinks she's free, wants to know where her dolly is. Yesterday, she was talking to our dad. He died five years ago. I'm sorry. Uh, this was a mistake. I, I shouldn't have come. Well, of course. Why would you want to stay? Daniel certainly didn't. He left her like this? Went running off to the States, never to be heard from again. He abandoned her. What kind of a man does that? Seriously, don't know what we would have done if I hadn't been for Mr. Winmore. I'm sorry, who? Daniel's benefactor. He funded his research, and he took responsibility for the result of it. He's been taking care of Therese ever since this happened to her. Everything here is due to Mr. Whitmore. God bless him. So there's this this woman, Teresa. Um, right. She's laying there. She's pretty much, you know, totally in a vegetative state. And uh, the woman who, I forget her name, but the woman who's kind of taking care of her says Teresa's away right now. And sometimes she wakes up and she's three and wants to know where her doll is. Um, yesterday, she was talking to our dad, who died five years ago. And um, instantly, um, it made me think of, you know, Desmond and Minkowski, you know, both oh, yeah. flashing through different part periods of time. Definitely. Definitely. But, That's exactly what I thought. Um, but I the, didn't really get, I didn't get the, I didn't get the, the fact that she'd been alive for so long. Mm-hmm. And Minkowski died. Exactly. That's um, what I was just getting ready to say is why she's not having nosebleeds. And well, unless she has a constant, but then she wouldn't be flashing she still. She would, that's it would true. be over with. It, and I kind of wondered if where she's at, since being that, being that she's ex, that she was a part of an experiment that, that Dane done mm-hmm. r- rather than in close proximity to this island. Right. You know, uh-huh. like to me, it seems like maybe he was able to do some of it, you know, and, 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 and maybe make her go, you know, a few seconds ahead, a few seconds back and stuff like that. And it can mess her head up that way. Right. But being that they were so close to that island with that so much power that was there on that island, like I, I wonder if that was what caused this, this, you know, this whole process speed up and right. them basically die because of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And plus... Go, go ahead. ahead. I was saying, plus Widmore. You know, Widmore here is... Uh, um, he, he's funding her treatment. Right. 
So, well, he's, yeah, it, funding her care, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So he may know something to this in some type of, like, antidote almost, maybe not even a cure, but something to slow it down or, mm-hmm. or something uh, that he's providing for her um, since he's been, you know, uh, researching this island and doing all this stuff himself. So Right. Yeah, and that's what I, the part I don't understand is, um, and man, this is going to be hard to put in the words, what Desmond and Minkowski were experiencing wasn't like the result of an experiment. It wasn't like, you know, Daniel came in and, you know, said, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to, you know, put your head in this machine and we're going to go, you know, forward in time. It started happening naturally, you know, because they were close to the island. Right. But in this case, it's like she was screwed up because she started participating in an experiment that Daniel was doing. But it's almost like they had the same effect. Like Daniel was trying to artificially recreate what was going on naturally on this right. island. Yep. And um and which I tried to connect the pieces here is why would Widmore fund Daniel's research to try and reproduce these time jumping effects that the island has? Um probably probably I guess in order to to locate the island again, to mm-hmm. get, you know, to to find out the science behind the island, right. you know. Uh, I mean, I, to me, it's just. I mean, there's not there's not a whole real clear answer there yet, yeah. but it does seem like he's he's trying to find out, you know, maybe maybe even try to get back to the island in some right. sense of time travel, you know. Yeah. Well, right. Uh, now here's an idea. Um, you know, Winmore probably because you know we find out in this episode that he has much more of a history with the island than we thought he did. Um, he may know that the about the island's kind of time shifting capabilities. And mm-hmm. you, we already know how much he's been trying to find the island because of, you know, all these different, how much money he spent trying to find at this crew of people and all this stuff. And um, maybe he thought by learning how to do this time shifting with people, he could figure out how to get himself back to that island or something. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my thought. Yeah. Um, now, one interesting thing about this whole scene with about Daniel is we, if we find out that he ran off basically and abandoned her once she started having the problems, which to me doesn't really sound like his character. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't, that, that I don't, t- I don't know any more about this now than I did when I watched this episode. But I, I'm curious what you think about why. I mean, like if there he has some other alternative, like if he has another reason why he left her there. Or, well, I mean, I, I think I think my my only theory that I can jump to the, uh, at this point is that he believed he had to go elsewhere in order to to basically maybe find a way to protect her or get her back. You know, I, I think maybe yeah. he was looking for this island for that reason as well. You know, I mean, maybe to help study the the you know try to figure this whole thing out. I mean. Obviously, I think he probably exhausted his resources where he's at, and with that, well, I gotta gotta go elsewhere. You know, Um, that's the only thing I can think of because really, like you said, this is not like Dan to be this type of person. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. It it kind of alluded to the fact that maybe these people that this is his like somebody he was really close to, like maybe a girlfriend or something like that. And if that were the case. I definitely don't understand. Anyways, either way, I don't understand it. But um, I mean, he kind of may have a case of the Saeeds if, uh, yeah. if that was his girlfriend. You know, <laughs> that's just what I was thinking. Like, you know, it just seems so similar to Saeed's situation now. Exactly. You know, I can. I totally. I totally agree that 
you know, he couldn't have solved her situation by staying with her. Cause I doubt right. he would have had the funding, you know, it probably all his funding probably dried up after that happened. And now he, he realized he had to go out on his own and research and figure out exactly how to fix the problem. But in the process ended up, you know, falling in love with somebody else. Right. Yep. So she says Widmore funded all of Dan's research, which we kind of mentioned already and uh, took responsibility for the effects that it's had. And um, he's been kind of taking care of Teresa since it all happened, which I liked to me. It's much more, I mean, yeah, you could say that he's just trying to cover up, you know, cover himself and make sure it doesn't get exposed. But I actually, I actually looked at it in a more favorable light that this was like a softer side of Widmore. Like Mm -hmm. he does have a heart. Yeah. I mean, it kind of pointed that way. I mean, it did to me at least. Yeah. You know, so once again, you know, I get to that, get into that debate, whether any of the, either one of these people are good or (laughs) I'm sitting there thinking, oh, Woodmore's nice. And then next thing you know, he's going to kill like somebody, you know, I just, yeah, he'll start going on like a baby killing rampage or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So Desmond then goes to visit Woodmore. Um, and I, one thing I want to know if you noticed this or not, did you notice the painting in the background? No. In his office. Okay. It says namaste really big on the, the, uh, p- the painting, which is the whole like Dharma greeting, you know, that they used right. with each other. And, um, and it had polar bears on it too, which I think is just to kind of reinforce this idea of right. Woodmore is really connected to this island in some way. Right. So much so that he surrounds himself with artwork to remind him of the island or, or something. Right. Yeah, that's that's is that is interesting. I mean, this guy does seem consumed by the island. Yeah, you know, like I mean, even though he's got this other stuff going on in the outside world and stuff like that, it seems like it's all like an effort to getting back to that island or something. You know, mm-hmm. right? And um, let's see, Desmond's there to find out where he can find Faraday's mother, and we find out that Widmore funded Dan's research for ten years. Um, Widmore says she's in Los Angeles and gives Desmond her address and, uh, Widmore warns him that they're getting involved in something that's been going on for many, many years and to go back into hiding after Desmond reaches her. So again, right. it's like Widmore is trying to help. It seems like it's not like he just, he doesn't want them. It's not like he's just trying to keep them out of his business. It's like, look, you're going to get in trouble and I don't want my daughter involved. So you guys go hide. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was that was really interesting because it was more like, like you said, more of that good with more. Yeah. You know, which is it was good to see. Right. Let's see here. Oh yeah. Okay. So Desmond gets onto the boat and tries to lie lie to Penny about Faraday's mother. Um, basically says she's already dead, but she knows that he's, that he's lying about it and that she's not dead, which to me seemed really odd. It's like, she already knows the story and she's wondering why he was lying about it. Right. Did you, did you think that too? Or was it just like she could tell he was lying because she knows him so well? You know, I had both feelings there. I was like, it almost seemed like she was like, you know, tipped off, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, you know, it was like had some inside information and I was like, mm-hmm. but you know, she definitely, I mean, there was definitely no, no fooling her, her, her at all. It was just like, okay, you're lying. Da, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, 
I just, I don't know. It, but it, I like the conversation they had after that, you know, where she said, you know, if you're going to go, I'm going to go, you know? Right. Yeah. I like that, that was, too. It's, it's kind of like she's helping him kind of fulfill, I mean, like his purpose in some way. And rather than him trying to duck out of it, like it seemed like he was going to, um, basically she kind of unknowingly or knowingly, who knows, pushes him into completing this, you know, this assignment that, that Dan gave him. Right. So uh, we do find out that Desmond and Penny named their baby Charlie, which I thought was kind of sweet. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Desmond doesn't want to continue on with his plan, like we said, but she uh, basically convinces him to carry on with it. So the next section here is on the island. Um, And this this is a big section and the one that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, So Charlotte continues to have some really weird health problems. Um, They arrive at a creek where they're supposed to meet Sawyer and Juliet but they're not there. Uh, they end up tripping some explosives and, and, uh, and they're held at an air at arrow point by a group of people. Um, a woman mm-hmm. with a gun comes out and goes to Daniel and says, you just couldn't stay away. Could you? Um, yep. and what the heck did that mean? Like I was, I had heard it and I was like, what, wait, I didn't remember hearing that before. And I was confused. Oh. Yeah. You know, it, to me, it was one of, obviously one of two things. It was just, it was either just a, she thought that he was someone else, mm-hmm. you know, some like a, you know, like, I don't know, it was just somebody else that they were expecting or, you know, like, or she, literally Dan had been there. Right. You know, which I, I mean, in, in the previous episode, we saw Dan working on the orchid. Right. You know, yeah. which, you know, which, but that was makes, like in the, I mean, 70s or 80s or something. We're not sure yet, but and Dan, this Dan is like exactly in the, the 50s. Same. Right, but he, Dan yeah. looked the same, you know. True, true. Okay, you know, so he so could I have kind know. of Richard, uh, Richard Albert Itis or something like that. Well, I think maybe he may have figured out this whole time travel thing. Oh, and he's kind of like using it like a subway system or something. Yeah, and traveling yeah, around, bouncing back and forth in and out. Oh, you know, yeah. wow. as he as he could, and but yet he hasn't totally he didn't totally figure it out. And he was wanting to. I think he's wanting to come back to the island to study the source. Right. No, yeah. but here's what freaks me out about that is they've tried to establish this rule of you can only go forward and backward in time if you have a constant, you know, someone right. in both time periods that can basically be a connection. Who in the heck is Daniel going to know in 19, the 1950s that he would know also now to where that he could travel back in time? So it's like to me, it's like it contradicts the laws they've already set up. Yeah, but. I've watched this episode and the next episode, and I don't know which one we find out, but there is somebody. I'm trying to think what the, who that would be. Um, and I mean, it doesn't really matter. I can say it now, and if it's this episode or next episode, it doesn't really matter. I'm trying to but, remember what we find out in the next episode about Dan. It's not about Dan. About somebody he knows? About somebody he knows. Uh, we can wait. I can't remember now off the top of okay. my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which one episode it was, so okay, I just wanted yeah. to, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll just wait and talk about it. Maybe we'll come in up to it, and then we can talk about it in this okay. episode. Okay, okay. Otherwise, good. we'll wait until the next one. Okay, anyway, let me see. Where was I at here? Uh, okay. Meanwhile, Locke and Sawyer and Juliet are holding, you know, two men hostage, and uh, Sawyer says that they should just kill the two guys since they don't have any way to tie them up. And the two men begin speaking to each other in Latin and Juliet understands them and says one of the men asked why they weren't in uniform and the other told him to shut up. 
And uh, mm-hmm. Locke asks why they know how to speak Latin. And she says the same reason I do because they're others. So we now know that these people are others, which is good. Right. Um, that clears up a lot of things. And, um, you know, why would the others speak Latin? Locke asks. And she says, you know, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, that was my question. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, why would the others speak Latin? You know, they give the they give the explanation that it's the enlightened language or something like that. Yeah, right. But you know, to me, I I'm trying to think like what a what would you know those things that we talked about a long time ago those big the big three toed thing and stuff like that. Right. Um, I think it was four toed, but yeah, I know what you or four toed either way. Um, it, it obviously that that links me back to like a very you know like a old time period or something like that and i almost wondered if like the original settlers of that community were not did not speak latin you know right okay and like you know it's kind of like you know my wife you know she was born in the united states and everything like that but her family spoke spanish and that was her first language right you know it's kind of like one of those things traditions you know within, within itself that you just continue that on oh, and yeah, i just right. wondered if it might not be something just as easy as that you know yeah so even though juliet you know came from Oregon or something, I think it was. It didn't. It's just part just, of the culture. Yeah, she was hired on, but she still, that's just part of what you do as another. Kind of right. Thing. I don't know. That was the simplest explanation I could come up with. Right, right. Now, what was cool to me was that um, there's a connection now between um, the group of others we've known all along, Juliet, Ben, all of them, and now this group of others back in the 50s. And it's the same group you know, headed up by Richard Alpert. And, but now it's like Richard Alpert doesn't really seem to be that integral a part of the others. He's just kind right. of one of the others. Mm-hmm. But Although, you, but I don't have he did any, seem, oh, go he ahead. did seem like kind of like the, kind of like the leader to me anyways, though, still at that point. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one dressed in civilian clothes and, they all kind of listen to him. You mean in modern times? Yeah. Oh, you're t- okay. Is that what you're talking about? Modern time? Yeah, I'm saying like how he. You know, at this point in this episode, he is the leader. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. And like in the episodes we've seen in the past, you know, it's kind of like Ben is the guy. And oh Richard's yeah. Just I kind of somebody saying. else. You know. But see, to me, that links me to the believe that that they were looking for people to lead them, and you know when Richard found. Ben in the woods, I think he saw something in Ben that sure, he, yeah. that he, when he was a child, that he thought that this kid is a leader, you know? Right. And that's how he became the leader. You know, it's like he sees something, you know, as he interviewed Locke years ago, right. you know, he looks for these certain things and mm-hmm. those people are the people that are called to be leaders, you but, know? But the I thing don't that, think, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think that Richard's necessary. He's the leader by default. You know, not that he's supposed to be, but until that person steps up, he is the guy. Okay, yeah, he's kind of like the steward until they get, mm-hmm. you know, the new leader. Right, he but, seems to me like he's <laughs> the guy that's in, in charge of finding the leader. Right, but the thing that just seems so crazy about all that is you've got a guy who appears not to age at all. How was he not the leader of this group of people? I know, I don't know. I mean, whatever he's eating or drinking on the <laughs> island, I want it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I just... There's so much more to learn about that. And that's what I'm excited to learn more than anything is how this 
like the the details of how this group of others works like why they've got this guy who never ages who seems to be responsible for finding their leader um you know there's so many details about the others i want to know and i really hope we find those answers before the end of the show right yeah definitely so Dan and Miles are walking along with some of the others, and Miles says that they, they just walked over a fresh grave of four U.S. soldiers who've been dead for just over a month. Uh, three of them shot, one dead from radiation poisoning. Um, so I think we get a little more information on this later, but you know, obviously they begin to hint at this whole clash between the military and the others. Right. Uh, which is really interesting to me to think about, like at some point, the United States military knew about this island, you know, in the 50s and tried to do something about it or were going to use it or or wanted to do mm-hmm. something with it, but were basically, you know, fought off. Yeah, no, that definitely just seems that way. It's like, it's like the others became militant at that point, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like that's their nature, but they, you know, that's kind of how they, they were put in this position to to become you know to come this way you know right yeah and there'll be that we can talk about that a little bit more too i think i've got a, a comment that richard alpert made um here just in a few minutes here so they arrive at the camp of the others and of course we see richard albert is the same age as he always is um he tells them um you know he assumes they've come back for their bomb so they think they're in the military And uh, they put Daniel, Miles, and Charlotte into a tent. And Daniel says that, you know, they must think they're part of the U.S. military and they should continue to let them think that or else they probably won't really have any value to them in any way. Mm -hmm. And he's talking with Richard and he says, you know, we didn't start this. Or Richard says, we didn't start this. Your people attacked us. So Mm -hmm. the military, U.S. military, attacked them in some way. Uh, I don't know if they came to the island for the purpose of attacking them or what but they attacked him nonetheless. Um, he says, you came to our island, you fire at us, you expect us not to defend ourselves. Um, it turns out that they've got a hydrogen bomb that's unstable and it's leaking radiation. And he tries to get Richard to allow him to work on it, you know, stabilizing the bomb. But Richard is worried that maybe they're on some kind of suicide mission to detonate the bomb. And Faraday says, we're not because he's in love with Charlotte. And um, Richard agrees to let him work on it. And of course, later, uh, Daniel tells Charlotte that he meant what he said about her. It wasn't just, you know, part of the act. So there's this relationship between Daniel and Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I mean, obviously we kind of got that, you know, I mean, I think we kind of understood that, um, before this, but it's becomes, it becomes known to Charlotte, which I guess she wasn't getting a clues before. Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't tell he had a crush yeah. before, I guess. Yeah. But it was, it was kind of, and what was kind of interesting was that, um, I, the others, it was, well, Richard was so quick to say, yeah. Oh, okay. Very trusting. Yeah. Which yeah. was surprising. On that, especially just on like, oh, I love her. You know, it was almost like he, almost like if he could have he had a sense of what's true and dishonest in in that sense in love, right. you know, yeah, um, or at least respected that enough. You know, I don't know. It was mm-hmm. just kind of, I mean, he because Richard before that was like, I don't know. I mean, you're you're trying to save our lives, but I'm not right. sure if I believe you. Well, so maybe this was supposed to be a hint to us <clears throat> of the nature of these people. Yeah, like, I mean, true. like they're very they def, they'll defend the island at all costs because it's a very important, but overall 
their purpose is not to be, you know, really question everybody's intentions and, you know, avoid contact with people at all costs. It's like they are, or Richard Alpert was being very accepting of Daniel and very mm-hmm. trusting of him um, because he wasn't an immediate threat to the island at that minute, you know. Right. That's true. So Locke begins talking to one of the, you know, the captured men who decides to respond in an English. You know, Juliet talks with him a little bit and tells him that they're not their enemies and asks him to take them to their camp. She asks if Richard is there and the guy is about to agree uh, when the other guy snaps his neck out of nowhere and just takes off running. Uh, So clearly it's like it reminded me instantly of of Mikhail and B. You know, like they were arguing about whether or not he was going to go ahead and, you know, shoot her, you know, since they were being captured and all this stuff. But this was kind of different, I thought. Yeah, it was pretty gruesome. I mean, just pretty like we they had a they had a protocol of what to do if they were ever captured. And right. if you broke that, you you know, they knew what to do. Yeah. You know. Right. It, it was definitely interesting. But um, it, it just it just I guess to, to me it just shows their such how how important it is to protect their group. Right. So Locke won't shoot at him. The guy takes off. Locke won't shoot at him at all. And Sawyer takes the gun and starts firing at him himself. But he asks Locke why, you know, why he wouldn't shoot at the guy. And he says, because he's one of my people. Yep. Um, which is kind of cool, really. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's a connection again between this group in the 50s and the characters who crashed on this island two months ago, you know. Yep. And it's it's just so crazy to think how far we've come from, you know, Locke with a suitcase full of knives to Locke, who is the leader of a group that spans back, you know, 50 years. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really actually was a cool point uh, just to, to see that and that he did get it. You know, it was kind of cool to watch. Right. That. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So Daniel's on his way back to work on the bomb when Richard pulls him aside. He says, a month ago, we found 18 members of an army battalion here setting up this camp. We gave them the opportunity to leave the island peacefully, but they weren't willing to do that. So I was forced to kill them, all of them. He says, you know, you answer to someone, don't you, a chain of command? Well, so do I. So, I mean, we assume this is probably Jacob. Mm -hmm. That's definitely what's being insinuated, I think. Um But uh, this is what I was talking about earlier is, you know, this group, this military group started setting up there. They made every effort to say, you know, look, this isn't going to work. Get out of here, you know, but they didn't respond to that. So they had to attack them. And what I want to know is what made the military decide to come back to come there 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is. I don't know. I, I. I mean, unless, hmm, unless they had some kind of idea what this island's about. I mean, obviously, if anybody had that power, <laughs> nobody else yeah. in the world could ever you know, ever do. You know, me, you know, yet you, you have complete power at that point. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's just it's so mysterious that you've got this group of people. I mean, you know, in all actuality, it could be that none of the others age. They've all been the same age forever. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, obviously Ben got older, but that may be because he wasn't one of the original others. Yeah, that's kind of my thought. And we, and, uh, we found out in the first episode of this season that they were the you know, the highland, the island's indigenous, you know, hostile people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which means is, you know, as far as they know, they've been there forever. Yeah. And it's like this group of people who were on this island from the beginning, they never age and they will protect it at all costs. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely what looks like it for sure. Yeah, and I'm I've got a theory. Like I think it's like an overarching theory of what the heck's going on on this show. Um and I think once we're done with this season and we start actually diving into some of the theories and the mythology and all that stuff, uh we can talk about it then. Okay. But the more I learn from this season, the more and more it makes sense. So we'll just have to discuss that later on. Okay. So just then the man that escaped from Locke and Sawyer, you know, and Juliet shows up and we find out that the blonde is named Ellie and uh, Richard sh- or asks how he escaped. And the guy makes some comments about how their leader was an old man and how he couldn't have tracked him because he doesn't know the island as well as he does. And of course, he doesn't know who he's dealing with. And um, of course, Locke and the crew are hanging out at a distance and Locke asks Juliet, you know, how she knew Richard Alpert would be there in the camp. And she says, Richard's always been here. Mm -hmm. And uh, Locke says, how old is he? And, um, you know, basically old is all she says. Yeah. And uh, Locke goes down to continue his conversation with Richard so we can figure out exactly how he's supposed to save all of them. That was... And Daniel... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it was kind of cool to see Locke just be like... Because he had he had that he knew what he's going to say to Richard, you know. But he walked up into that place like he owned it, you know. Right. Yeah. It was kind of kind of cool. I mean, just these people, are, you know, definitely could have, I guess, shot him, you know, or killed him or whatever, you know. Right. But he just, you know, he had an. It was kind of cool to see Locke kind of taking that position of authority, you know. Yeah, we're actually going to listen to that clip here in a moment. Okay. Um, and I've got one quick section before we get there. All right. Though. Uh, so Daniel's kind of walking and with Ellie towards the bomb and comments that she looks so much like someone. Um, and my first thought was he was thinking of, oh, what was her name? Um, the girl that he was dating before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Teresa. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously this episode talked a lot about That's Teresa. That's what I thought too. And, um, you know, yeah. So it's like, you know, you look a lot like Teresa. Mm-hmm. And uh, he arrives at the bomb, and it's a huge, you know, huge bomb. Oh, yeah. And Jughead is written on the side of it. And he notices a big crack in the side of the bomb and asks if, you know, Ellie, if, if they have access to any lead or concrete. And he says they need to surround it in lead and bury the bomb in concrete. And did anything pop into your head when he said that? Well, it, we got we to... Gotta, uh put lead in it and and then yeah about about surrounding it in lead and burying it in concrete it remind me of the hatch the original hatch you know exactly you know that's like yeah. they were you know that big old thing of of cement yeah. and so my mind instantly goes to is was that bomb buried in the ground and like later the hatch built on top of it and that's what it seems like to me and it seems like that that's that's the reason why they had to push that button for something to do with that, you know, and uh, right. and that that turnkey was if all else fails, blow this thing up, you know. Well, but well, I guess that could be because the hatch was completely destroyed, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it was like a, a nuclear bomb, you know, or a hydrogen bomb going off. Yeah, um, I, it didn't seem that it didn't seem like it'd be a hydrogen bomb going off, but I mean, who knows what would happen or happens on this island when hydrogen bomb goes off? You know, it implodes yeah, rather yeah, it implodes yeah. rather than explodes. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, of course, she doesn't believe him, and he says, you know, he's sure because 50 years from now, this island is still here, and that kind of freaks her mm-hmm. out a little bit. Um, he tries to explain, you know, that he and the others are from the future, and just then Sawyer shows up. And, of course, he's like, you know, oh, she's like, oh, is he from the future too? And, of course, he's like, you told her, you know, <laughs> which is one of my favorite lines yeah. from the episode. Yeah, that was good. So now we're to the part where Locke basically goes into the camp and he's kind of yelling for Richard. And let's listen to that scene. Okay. Richard Alpert! Hey. Hey! I'm looking for Richard. Don't move. Richard Albert! Now. Richard, I Shut need to talk to you. Mess. That's enough. Who are you? My name is John Locke. Is that supposed to mean something to me? Jacob sent me. Put the gun down. What? Richard, you can't seriously trust him. I said... Put the gun down, Whitmore. Your name is Whitmore? Charles Whitmore? What's it to you? Nothing. Nice to meet you. I gave you this. Yes. After you were shot in the leg and I wandered out of the jungle to patch you up? That's right. And why don't I remember any of this? Because it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) I'm not sure what you're expecting me to say, John Locke. I expect you to tell me how to get off the island. That's very privileged information. Why would I share that with you? Because you told me that I had something very important to do once I get there. And because I'm your leader. You're my leader. That's what you told me. Look, I certainly don't want to contradict myself, but we have a very specific process for selecting our leadership, and it starts at a very, very young age. All right. All right. What year is it right now? It's 1954. All right. May 30th, 1956, two years from now, that's the day I'm born. Tustin, California. And if you don't believe me, I suggest you come and visit me. Oh no. What's wrong? It's about to happen again. You need to tell me now, Richard. How do I get off the island? Please tell me! So, of course, just like he said, Richard has no clue who Locke is. Um, and I like that. You know, I'm John Locke. And yeah. <laughs> Richard's like, you know, is that supposed to mean something to me? Or, you know. <laughs> and uh, Locke says, Jacob sent me. 
you know, which really catches Richard's attention and uh, gets him down to business. And um, Richard tells the man that Locke was had in custody before to put the gun down and he calls him Widmore. And of course, Locke hears him and and we find out that the man is Charles Widmore back in the 50s Mm -hmm. on the island. Mm -hmm. There's my constant. Go ahead. There's my constant for for Dan. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now, yeah, he would have a connection between, you know, now and then Mm -hmm. where he could freely travel back and forth. And that would also kind of explain why Widmore would fund his research in the future. That's right. I mean, I don't understand how, like, you know, it seems like traveling to the past doesn't really change the future very much. I guess, so maybe not. But I was just going to say maybe by him traveling to the the past from the future, he, like, established some kind of relationship with him. Still be, so, it, therefore, he funded yeah, his research. Yeah, well, it still would be a memory, too. You know, I mean. Right. If, yeah. You know, I mean, so that to me would be enough there to get some money. Yeah, I like the the whole comment too when Locke's like, um, you know, you're are you Charles Widmore, and he's like, you know, what's it to you? He's like, nothing. Nice to meet you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that scene is just awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love the the magnitude of it. The fact that you know, just days before. Locke was trying to save his whole group of people from being killed by a, you know, a group of people on a boat who were hired by mm-hmm. Woodward. So it's just huge. And I'm excited to know exactly how Woodmore got from being, you know, on this island as, you know, an other to being off the island as a businessman. Yep. yep. It, it almost seemed, it would, huh, it would make me think that there was either a, change of command of power or some sort or mm-hmm. he was put in a position outside for a reason sure right like he's still another kind of an honorary exactly other. just like some of the other people we've seen that ben's been talking to but yet for whatever reason ben's at odds with that group of others the widmore's groups right. yeah right because there did seem to be some tension there oh yeah it's like you could kind of sense that Richard Alpert was always having to kind of deal with with uh, Widmore mm-hmm. and you know reprimand him and keep him in line oh, and, yeah. and all that stuff. Definitely. He definitely so, he definitely uh, bucked authority it seemed like he wanted to run things his own way. Right. Yeah, definitely. So Locke shows Alpert, you know, the compass that Richard gave him previously after he fixed his leg and um Richard says, you know, Locke asks him how to get off the island so he can get those people back here. And uh, Richard says, you know, how you get off the island is very privileged information. But it does confirm that there's a way to get off that island um, that doesn't involve, you know, not coming back like like Ben thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if Ben realized it or not. I'm trying to think here if past episodes. Well, no, they did because Richard and Ethan went to go recruit Juliet. Right. And Ben clearly knew that they could go to and from the island with, you know, no problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, it's privileged information at this time. And who's to say that they're still using that sub or that they were using the sub back then to go back and forth? Yeah, yeah. It definitely seemed like an old sub, but maybe not that. Maybe. Yeah. It did seem kind (laughs) of militant, too. Right, right. Could have been how they got there, Um, that group got there to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and he says we have a very specific process for selecting our leadership, and it starts at a very early age. And of course, that comes after, doesn't John tell him that, you know, he doesn't say I'm your leader, does he? Or does he? The, the, who, um, Locke? Does Locke say something to Richard Alpert about he, being his leader? Yeah, I think he does. And he says, if you don't believe okay. me, go, you know, basically go back and I'm going to be born in a few years. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The year is 1954, yeah. and Locke says to come and visit him in two years when he's born to prove that he is who he says he is, And um, which is really cool. I mean, we've got some great feedback from the forums, and we'll discuss it then. But I love this idea of Richard Alpert showed up when Locke was born because of this meeting, even though in our in our minds it hadn't happened yet. Right. So, and then the reason, of course, he came and visited him as a younger child mm-hmm. was related to this exactly. as well. Uh, which kind of proves that Locke going back in time and having this conversation with Richard Alpert changed in some way what was going to happen in the future. Or I guess maybe it didn't. Maybe it was always going to happen anyway. Yeah, it. you know, I, I the, the idea, again, which... When Richard goes and visit, visits him, the compass is the thing that was his, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And we get, and that's kind of what I was thinking about when I, I think it was the last episode or the episode before that, where I'd said, you know, right. that makes sense to why he would bring that, you know, that you know, that was a thing that Richard was supposed to to take and say, which one of these are already yours, you know, because it right. was, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess Locke wasn't there yet. You know, or at least yeah. if he was there, he was still trying to be something that he wasn't, like we talked about plenty of times. Right. Yeah. And it's like, um, even though the conversation with Locke and Richard happened before Locke was even born, Locke didn't have any knowledge of that conversation when he was born. Right. So it's like, even though it happened in the past, he wouldn't know about it until he actually experienced it himself as a much older man. Uh, you're saying, uh, I, see, I believe that he sh- he he did know that the compass was his. As a kid, you I, mean? I believe he did. Really? Yeah. I believe that's what Richard went to find out. I believe he didn't, and that's the first thing he took. Did he? Well, he took, he, he said, he at first he went to Richard grab something else, and Richard goes, no, 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 what's already yours? And he grabs okay. the compass. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now, see, my understanding, I mean, or my theory was just that Locke didn't know about that conversation with Richard until he has, actually was old enough to have it. Um, even though Richard already knew about it, Locke wouldn't until he was an that, old and man. And that could be the case. But he did take the right. compass, so, you know. And plus, he was having those visions about the smoke monster that he hadn't experienced yet. Oh, that there you go. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that seals the deal. Yeah, okay. So Locke, from the moment he was born, knew something about that conversation, knew something about the island, because as an older man, he went back in time before he was even born and experienced it. However, man, oh man, I can't make make sense of this. (laughs) The smoke monster, uh-huh. 
you know, at least from what we've seen now, Locke hasn't ens- encountered the smoke monster since he went back in time. But it's part of his, right? it was already part of his memory when he went back in time. But no, because. Yeah. He. Okay, I see what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because he experienced. Yeah, but because it was in his memory when he went back in time, that became part of his kind of built-in, built-in consciousness Mm -hmm. when he was born. Yep. Wow, man, that's crazy. (laughs) But that explains—it's like Locke's entire life. That explains his whole life. This self-fulfilling prophecy. It explains his whole life why he was searching for that and how he knew. Don't tell me what I can't do. You know, his whole life was Uh built around what he knew he was supposed to be. Right. Wow. And yeah, and it it just. Yeah, we'll get to that more because we're going to have more and more more conversations about this when we get to the forum comments. So I'll save it for now. Okay, so just then there's another flash and Locke and his group are left standing in the middle of the camp, but the tents are all gone and so are the others. So just then Charlotte's nose starts bleeding and she totally collapses to the ground. Mm -hmm. That was my last comment for the or note for the episode. Did you have anything else? No, that's it. We covered it well. Cool, cool. Now we'll get to the forum comments here. Uh, BCK Lockhart writes, The episode starts out with Desmond and Penny in the Philippines looking for the doctor to help deliver their baby boy. Then we see the boat sail towards the island, and Desmond is telling his son of a very special island, not the island we were all thinking of. The actress that helps Desmond at Oxford try to locate Daniel Faraday is the same actress that they that let Hurley on the plane after the gate was closed, which I didn't notice that. No, I didn't either. And they, But they said this was just them using the same actress and not supposed to be part of any story. So I guess we can just take it for what it's oh, okay. worth. They decided to use the same actress for two different roles. Um, he says, I'm curious about the man with the bandages on his hands, the guy with the radiation mm-hmm. burns. Uh, we see him a couple of times, but never see his face. Is he someone we might know? Any thoughts on that? I hadn't noticed that or thought of that. You know, the only person I can probably liken him to, um, well, no. Because did he speak? No, he didn't speak, did he? No, he didn't say anything, and we didn't see his see, face. The, I could definitely see him being, um, oh, no, I'm horrible at these names, but the crazy guy, the eye patch guy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, Mikhail. Mikhail, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't remember what Mikhail's no ha- arms and hands look like. Wow. But, I, I mean, just it kind of seems like, you know, that maybe that had to do with, you know, him losing his eye and things like right. that, you know? Right. And plus, with him, like, him surviving all these, like, death mm-hmm. attempts on his life, you know, it makes it seem like he has some... Richard Alpert like qualities in some exactly. Ways. Good, good idea. I mean, I never, I never paid much attention, but it is really weird that they showed the shot of the guy's bandaged hands several mm-hmm. times, but they never showed the guy himself. Right. Like they're kind of saving that for later. Okay, uh, he says John inviting Richard to visit him in two years when he was or when he would be born was wild. So. When we saw Richard there last season, it was because John told him to go there. Mm-hmm. Was this how it all started? Did John start his own destiny? Is he the future leader of the island because he told them he would be and they believed it? This is getting crazy, but I'm loving it. 
Now that's what I love that comment. That sums it up perfectly. Is he the future leader of the island because he told them he would be and they believed Mm -hmm. it? That's awesome. Oh yeah. And it's almost like Locke established his own destiny right there. Just by saying, by being the man, the mysterious man who came from the future and talked to Richard, he kind of established from that point on who he was going to be in their eyes. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, it's real cool. Real <laughs> cool. And he has a couple of quotes from the episode. You know, your name is Widmore, Charles Widmore, a great reveal. I think some expected it, but I didn't. Um, after all, his name tag said Jones. Guess that was one of the soldiers they killed. That was another great thing. I did notice his name tag said Jones mm-hmm. and the fact that it would be like, you know, one of the soldiers uniforms. Oh yeah. That makes that. total sense. I mean, I don't think these guys had like fatigues, you know, laying yeah, around. I right. think there's people that they've killed and taken. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Starr writes, this is my favorite episode of the season so far. There are a couple or wait, there are a couple that are very close contenders, but this one is it, is it for me. Even though at the time of this writing, we still have two more episodes this season. He says, it's basically a flashback for the island. Think of, think of the scuffle with the military and the burying of a bomb as the first step of character development for the island. The bomb is metaphorically and literally an unresolved issue for the island, just like we've talked about with the characters in the past. Mm-hmm. It contributes to the island's dark side, just like we've seen other things and other characters' flashbacks that made them into the issue-filled people that they are. This personality issue contributes to the island's negative relationships with its inhabitants. I believe it contributes to the fertility issue and has given cancer to Ben. That's a good theory. That's true. Um, The writers have always said that the island was a character on the show. It's about time this character got a flashback of its own. I love that. Yeah, that's good. That's really cool. That is good. Um, It's like this. I love the whole idea of this being the dark side of the island. It's like there's so many wonderful things that come out of the island, the healings, um, its ability to kind of resolve people's personal issues, you know, issues in some way. And this is like the dark side of that, that they had to push that button every 108 minutes because possibly the bomb was buried under the hatch or something. Or we don't really know what the implications of having this bomb there is yet, but it's like we're seeing the dark side of what's happened on this right. island. He says, I love how we see another bit or bit of self-fulfilling prophecy on this show. Locke is considered special because he goes back in time and tells the others that he is. Because in the future, he was told by the others that he is special. Right. This sets so many things into motion. And that's even, that even adds another layer of like craziness to it. That the reason Locke is the confident person that he is today, like or back then in the 50s, is because of like the confidence that the others gave to him, you know, today. Right. Definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. And so Brandon and Bama writes, you know, as a response to BCK's Lockhart or BCK Lockhart's uh, note about, you know, did John start his own destiny? Is he the future leader of the island? Because he told them, you know, he would be, and they believed mm-hmm. it. Uh, he says, I agree a hundred percent. Albert is at John's birth in 1956 because of what John told him two years before that. He later visits John when he is a young boy. Albert is devastated when John doesn't pick the compass when he, when given the ownership test, Albert doesn't give up 
trying to recruit John to the island when he was a teenager. Then, years later, Matthew Abaddon convinces John to go on a walkabout after he is paralyzed. On the island, John goes with Ben to the other's, the other's camp. Ben tells John to kill his father as a test of good faith to the island. John can't do it, but Alpert is so convinced that John is the future leader of the others that he tries to make it look like John killed his father. Mm -hmm. At the insistence of Alpert, John gets Sawyer to do his dirty work. John fails the ownership test when he is young and cannot kill his own father. To me, these two tests are requirements for, for becoming the leader of the others, and John failed both. I know that sounds really eerie, but at least for now, that's what I think. Locke surely must have a special purpose on the island, but I don't think he was ever meant to be their leader. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. I mean, what he's, what he's saying is completely true. Um, right. But and going back to his comment, maybe, maybe John didn't pick the uh, compass. Um, maybe mm -hmm. I mean, and I can't remember. I thought he did, but if he didn't, um, then I mean, I still think that he had memories, but just not completed. Like you know, Richard had noticed. You know, he's not ready yet. I'm not saying that. You right. Know, not well, yeah, I think he did pick it up, but he didn't choose it as being the item that was his. Right. You know, he chose the knife. That's right. But that could just purely be, you know, John's uh, personality at that time. Mm -hmm competing with who he would be you know yeah like as a young boy he wanted to be the hunter you know he wanted the knife right but he didn't realize then that he would want you know or that the compass would be more important later mm -hmm. but i like that it's like Locke. you know if the two thing, the two tests that he had you know for killing his father and what was the other one oh um you know him choosing the compass if those two tests were kind of his entrance exam into the others, he failed them both. But Richard was so convinced that he was their leader that, you know, basically he kind of maneuvered things so John could inadvertently pass those tests. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yep. But thanks everyone so much for your comments on the forums. As always, if you have comments, thoughts, questions, theories, whatever, you can post them at the forums over at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums, or you can call our voicemail line at 765-439-4190 anytime. And speaking of voicemails, we've got one here. Hey, Anton and Evan, this is Robert and Miami again. Um, what's called in regard to episode two and season five of The Lie, and, uh, Something that you said about Sun um, being different and not really buying into her character right now after investing so much into her. I would say, don't forget um, that once before, she did threaten to kill Jen's mother if she came back into Jen's life um, after blackmailing her. So she has shown a dark side before, even having the affair and um, uh, about to leave Jen and, um, and coming to America. And you also have to take into, into great consideration the fact that she watched her husband get blown up. So when death is a thing that can really change a person and you never really know how they're going to react to, to a death, and to see your husband die and know that part of it is, has to do with um, him having the ability to be rescued and Jack pulling Kate back and, and Jack not going to get Jen, you know, there's a lot of anger and hostility um, built up and I can totally understand why she is now 
the way she is. So um, love the podcast. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Take care. Oh, and yes, I would uh, have permission to put on the podcast if you so choose. Take care. Thanks so much, Robert, for your comments. Uh, great points. Um, I love the the kind of um, reminders about Sun's character in definitely. the past. Yeah, um, she has definitely shown some some darkness in the past. I mean, first and foremost, you know, just the ability to cheat on you know Jen in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, even though you know things were terrible and all of that, it, it takes a, I think you know a certain kind of person to go through with that. Right. Uh, so that's a, a great great point. And then, you know, her threatening to kill Jen's mother, totally forgot about mm-hmm. that. I did too. Um, but that, again, proves the, that there's a, a dark side to Sun that's always been there. And I think just watching, you know, Jen's death was like enough to push her over the edge. Oh, yeah, definitely. So thanks so much for that, those comments and setting me straight on, on Sun's character. Um, I actually will enjoy going through season five more now than I would have. Definitely. Um, so that's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks so much. Well, anything else from you before we close this that's out it for me? All right. On Friday, we're going to be discussing the little prince. Um, I'm excited to talk about the episode, but until then we hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the lost mystery podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday and Friday morning at seven o'clock AM Eastern standard time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.